Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Every Friday, we take uh, a couple hours and bring someone in and uh, call it the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio and hit all these big topics. And I got to tell you, I couldn't think of a better person with all the stuff going on in the city today, all the stuff around council and the stuff in municipal politics and municipal affairs, can't think of someone better to bring in than a former councillor who knows his way very well around city hall and the goings on there. And not only that, a guy who, before he was a city councillor, used to sit about eight feet behind me in the studio back there doing the morning show on a rock station with Jay and Big D in the morning. His name is Jason Farr, former Ward 2 counselor, former morning host. Welcome. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Scotty. Hi, Ben. Not Ben today. Oh, Tom is in there. No, it's hard I to see through see the reflection. The yeah, Tom is in today. Yeah, it's great ben to be 2. here. 2.0. That's right. Uh, you know, before we get going in all this stuff, I was saying with Scott Thompson just before we came on, because we're going to be getting into a whole lot of stuff today. We were talking and I said, I don't know who in their right mind who has not been repeatedly concussed and dropped on their head repeatedly looks at city politics, municipal politics and says, that's a great gig. I think I want to get into that. Right. What inspires someone to say they want to do this? Because it just seems horrible a lot of the time. Well, I caught the handoff and you, you kind of hit it on the head. It's, uh, it's uh, something you go into with um, great, um, uh, um, you know, dreams and aspirations of making positive change. And then you get there and like you say, there are one and dones all over the place. I remember Aiden Johnson sat next to me. I kind of figured it out after about three months that there's no way. He was a, a, a very much an intellectual. Um, the governance in the, the Roberts lovely guy, Rules lovely guy, order, but, a phenomenal uh, yeah. guy. Just, yeah. I mean, we all loved him, but, uh, his interests to, uh, change the world, they continue today. I mean, he's a legal aid champion right now in St. Catharines. He's the big boss there and he was a good lawyer and he still is. Um, but it just, you know, it wasn't for him and you could just see it. You could, you could see that it just didn't equate to all of those things he was dreaming about. Mm-hmm. The thrust and parry, not everybody loves the. And then you get TJ, right? Then you get Ward 6, Tom's Jackson, and I think it's year 37, 38. Seems to have the same uh, vigor, the same energy level that he had from day one with the blue suits and the white belts and all the committees he sat on. the Hawaiian shirts. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. He, he's adapted. I always said, Scott, I didn't always say it. My first, I don't know if I ever told you this, but my first two, three months were, it's tough. Downtown, well, you know, it's, it, it's just always on. And... Uh, I didn't realize you got to turn a switch at the end of the day, right? One day I come home, I'm sitting in the kitchen. We got a Yuku clock. It's a, it's a lamb that comes out every hour and goes, <laughs> instead of a bird. And uh, I put my head in my hands. I was exhausted, but I was also, my mind was just racing. And I kept hearing, Mah. And on the third, I look up and I'm going, oh my God, my head has been in my hands. I've been miserable. I've been exhausted. Uh, uh, I, I've been pensive. I couldn't get out of the kitchen chair, but I just let three hours of potentially quality family time slide by because I wasn't adjusting well. So I decided then I got to hit a switch. When I get home, I got to hit a switch. Somebody probably gave me that advice as well. You got to learn to just turn it off. Mm. That was, that, that was the best thing I ever did. It was, it was challenging, especially when you wake up at three 30 in the morning and you remember, Oh, look at all the things I got to do yeah. today. Yeah. I, I, I was talking, I won't say who, because I, it was just an off the record conversation, but I was talking with a current city councilor a couple of days ago 
and I've said this before, and, and I said this to the person at the time that I really believe that we have it backwards in politics. I think that the people who are MPs, mm-hmm. I'm not dumping on MPs for federal politicians. If you're not a cabinet minister, you're doing the least amount of work with all the people you have. MPs do more, city councillors do by far the most amount of work, and yet we pay in reverse order of that. City councillors should be getting the most amount of money. I don't care if you say, well, I don't like my city councillors. That's not the point. The amount of the workload compared to the other levels of politics, so much higher. Why didn't you start preaching that in 2010? Wait, well. When my first term had just I, I'm waiting <laughs> until just before I decide to run. Yeah. No, no. It, that's you're, never, you are bang on though. You that are is right. never going to happen, yeah, by yeah, the way, right. just for clarity. That yeah, is never going to happen. I hear you. Yeah. You know what? You'd be good. I, I was thinking on the way here, uh, 42 minutes on the 403 from yes. uh, Golf Links to here. And, uh, I, you know, you, you really are a champion. I don't know whether people tell you that enough, but you're, 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 you're writing and this show. And then you have the, the, you know, humorous side of things too, which is good. Bringing levity, I think is really important. I did it as a counselor in committee meetings and council all the time, even when I didn't get a laugh, which was extremely challenging. <laughs> that was the things you think about at three thirty in the morning, but you, you would be good because nope. I think this job has, uh, given you a knowledge that most people don't have. So at least you could go in unlike most elected officials at any level with a good understanding of the, especially the finances <laughs> and, yeah, I don't, and that I, helps, that helps alleviate the stress. You'll still have stress though. I, I, that will never happen. Uh, there is no interest in doing that. And, and for, why? Number of, uh, why? I'll tell you why a couple of reasons. One, there's nothing I hate more than just sitting in meetings. And that's all it is, is sitting in meetings. I hate meetings. Okay. And it would drive me literally, I would be insane within the first year. Mm-hmm. And, and also because I, as I said, when I was just before we came on, if people were listening, when I was on with Scott Thompson, one of the things that if you get there and you are not in the group that has enough people to make change, if, if all the people are of a different political persuasion or feel differently about something or have different thoughts, you're just stuck. You can talk till you're blue in the face. And, you know, I mean, I look at counselors over the years who have been good counselors, but they aren't with the majority and nothing that they want to do happens. And you look and you go, maybe you'd land there and they would, but you don't have any control over that. You're not running on a party platform. You're running as an individual and it's out of your control. You show up and they tell you who you're working with and that could be helpless. To me, it feels helpless. Anyway, we'll get more into this later in the show. Vote for Scott. No, please don't. Uh, if there's someone else <laughs> named Scott, feel free, but, <laughs> but not, not me. Wednesday morning, Wednesday midday, uh, on the city's website, the, the meeting agendas drop for the week before usually and on the agenda for next Wednesday's meeting was the prediction or the anticipation or the whatever preliminary budget outlook for next year. And Uh the finance department, Mike Zagarek and the finance department in their report say Hamilton is looking right now at a 14.2% tax increase for next year. The previous council that you were on, 2.25 was the average in each of the four years, 14.2%. Now- that's not going to end up in all likelihood being 14.2, I would hope. But holy crap, if you're, if you are a counselor and you open up that document and you see 14.2%, do you suddenly have a case of irritable bowel syndrome and just like run for the hills? What do you do when you look at that number? 
Well, if I was a counselor, I wouldn't be opening the document. I'd probably know well ahead before the document was public. And then you, you know, I'm helping you here for when you run, you are prepared <laughs> for when it does go public. So that's a major thing. I mean, there's some counselors now talking about, we don't see anything until the public sees it. That's just garbage. And especially something like this. So many of them that at least uh, do the job and roll their sleeves up would be prepared for. Have some idea. And in fact, staff would give them the heads up on something as significant as this. And I heard you with Matt Francis on the day that it dropped. I love that term because uh, there's a whole lot of things that dropped when 14.2. This is, I don't think ever in this history of Hamilton I haven't has, found have we had a starting point budget this high. I mean, look, the, the, the records that we can find only go back so far. Maybe right. in wartime it was, I don't right. know, but I can't find any reference to anything And, like and the important point that you keep making and haven't made yet, but it's really important is that is the number if you want to maintain the current services. So, so that's really a key message as part of this message. So, so they're, they're, that's obviously saying a lot of things. So anyway, if I, if I have, had ever been a privy to something like that, I probably would have said the same things that Ward uh, Five's Matt Francis shared with you. And I would have added a few things, as a matter of fact. I actually talked to him afterwards and I said, you know, there's uh, whips, the thing's called whips. Again, to help you for mm-hmm. your run. Yes, which will never happen, but thank and you. And it's called work in progress. So, so we're a $2 billion corporation, and there are a whole lot of projects that have been voted on, approved, and annually budgeted for that haven't happened yet. And after about three, four years, usually about three years, if you want to roll up your sleeves and do your job as a, as a, as a, uh, your, your, your fiduciary responsibility as an elected official at any level of politics or get your staff to do it or work with staff on it, you could go line by line and look at all those whips. And there are a lot of them and then start calling the counselors. If it's projects in those wards and some of them are many, many millions of dollars that are just sitting there budgeted for. So they count in that 14.2% and say, look, it can't be that important. We haven't done anything for three, four, five, some of them longer. Time to take it off the budget. And now you're suddenly saving millions and millions of dollars every time you highlight it in yellow, do your due diligence with the but counselor and the like staff work. and then put a line through it. It's a lot of work. And I'll tell you, it's probably one of the reasons why he's MP now, but Chad Collins would do that every year. And that's why we always had inflationary 2.2, 2.5 increases for the 12 years I was there. A lot of it was, and you did, it was unheralded. I mean, we try when we pass the budget, everybody, if you watch historically, all those last budget meetings where we pass the budget, everybody, almost everybody turns and says, thank you, Councillor Collins for your hard work. And there were years where I would help him, um, particularly near the end there. And it's not easy. It's time consuming. It's grueling. And then talk about, you know, there's fiefdoms and groups that vote together and, you know, you got to get along with everybody so you can make that call at, sometimes he'd call me after midnight and say, Jay, you got this art installation. It was, it's from 2013, man. It's 2018 now. Oh, I knew you were going to call me this year. Ah, you know, and then I would work with them and then most people would, and it's a, it's a skill, but it's also a time consuming, grueling effort. But it seems, and we're going to get to in a second, the part about downloads, but sticking with the city side for a second, it seems like this is the kind of year when you see a number like this, that I would think as a counselor, you cannot be wedded to almost anything. That you have to be, mm-hmm. if there's an art installation, look, we all, sure, we love having art installations. This doesn't seem like the year that we should be putting in art installations. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got some, some community group that's not saving lives, 
this is probably not the year to be putting money there. Like, it seems like you almost have to be, you see a number like this, really ruthless, Absolutely. really ruthless. Yeah. But to your, the point you've made often over the years, and especially this week, I've, I've listened to a lot of Radley this week. Uh, nobody wants to run on a campaign where we're going to cut stuff. It's always about running on a campaign where I'm going to bring you this, I'm going to bring you that, I'm going to bring yeah. you, and it all costs but money. do you want to run on a can, on a campaign that I raise taxes 14.2%? So when you, when you this week, uh, sung that song, I'm thinking, you know what? That might not be true in three years from now. The people running on the austerity are the ones that are going to get elected. The ones saying we're going to have to make tough decisions. We're going to have to make cuts. And if they're smart, like you, when you run, you're going to be able to point to the municipal budget and say, and here's the areas where we can do it. Here are the services we know you love that we're not going to touch. Here's ones that we haven't, we budgeted for. We keep putting in the budget that we can take out those whips I told you about and other, uh, uh, areas. This council had this similar issue, uh, the last budget, their first budget. And here's a perfect example. The cycling master plan is, plan is 30 years. It's a 30 year budgeted plan. And they expedited it with all their budgeted challenges. They expedited it to two years. So that's 30 years of spending on a cycling plan. They approved to spend all that money and time and effort, staff time. You take them away from other things for, for and expedited it to two years. It was insane. I could not believe it. And the thing about the cycling master plan is, the thing is 30 years for a reason. It's supposed to evolve. The more use you get, the, this, these are the areas where we're going to expand it. So it didn't scientifically make any sense and financially it made no sense. So those kinds of things are like, those are real head scratchers because on multiple levels, it's, it's just not prudent financial management. The 14.2% tax increase that was um, set up this week, the preliminary estimate by the finance department of the city says we're looking at a 14.2% tax increase. Now, a lot of people, Jason, this week, after hearing that said, oh, this is, this is downloading from the province and, and many city councillors have pointed this out and they are right in, to some degree. There are development fees that have been downloaded and there are some other things. For the sake of this discussion though, and people, and I want to acknowledge that that is the case. There are some things that are being downloaded. Absolutely. We don't know exactly. I've been told somewhere around 6%, give or take. Again, we can, you know, whatever. But let's put that aside and acknowledge that is, there are downloaded things. Right. But even if it's 6%, that means there's still 8.2% of city spending. You cannot hide all the city spending under the guise or under the t umbrella of downloading. There is still a ton four times maybe the usual yeah. of city spending. That's where at some point the city, the councillors are going to have to figure out what they're going to do. Cause sure. you know, even if someone wants to come out and say, fine, 6% of our, we, we cannot do any less than 6%. That's been downloaded onto us. We can't touch that. So it's a 6% to start. All right. What are you doing about the other eight? That's where the question is going to be for them. Right. Well, I'd have two questions. I want to see the matrix. I want to see the math. I want to know exactly that that 6% you can't touch, that it's, it's, it's programs and services that are, are mandated, right? We're legislated but again, let's as just a say, municipality for, to do for the, it. For the sake of I, argument, let's say that's the case. Yeah. If you want to be hypothetical as you are sometimes, and let's say the number is 6%, you're right. Uh, the other eight change is, uh, uh, is on you. Is, is what you got to work on. And there's even more work to do now because you've got less, uh, to work with. Uh, that said, I, I I'll just say really quickly, I question if it's as much as six. The one trick you're going to have to 
uh, understand is a lot of times things are labeled as downloading in the municipality that aren't really. Like. There's still a priority for council. So they'll say, well, oh, housing is the perfect example. So, so that's the ultimate. This week, $8 million, I think it was this week, council uh, agreed to find somewhere. I think it might've been in these depleting reserves to support a great cause. The, the, why the good shepherd others came and said, you know, we're turning away two to three families a day in our, in our family sized homeless shelters. And it's a crisis. Well, they've been coming with their crises for decades. These, these, these industries in town that are well-known throughout Canada, they're, 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 and they do phenomenal and they work. Do great Don't get work. me wrong. Sure, of course. Don't get me wrong. But they're, one of the departments they have is coming to council and saying, we can't get the money from the province. We can't get the money from the feds. Uh, that 8 million, uh, probably near all of it was not a municipal responsibility. They should be going to the province and the feds who cover a lot of the, the things that they do and a lot of their applications. They have people, professionals working full time to apply for those federal and provincial programs. But they come with their crisis. They come to a council right now that is 10, maybe 9, 10 are, are hard left, as I said on this show before, that they have very hard left ideological uh, uh, thinking. And, and it's, they're supported by these groups. So it's very easy to say, okay. And, and it's a sad story. And we don't like to hear it. But the reality is, why don't you go to where you should be going, which is the province? And if we make it easy for them, guess what? But if you're going to argue that that $8 million out of nowhere, outside of the budget process that you've committed for a really good 8%. cause- the eight mil, no, the oh, eight million oh, okay. that, oh, that they so, allotted yes, yes, this week. Yes. If you're committing that, don't say it's because uh, we it's downloaded on us. You've made a municipal decision to use municipal taxpayer dollars to feed an industry or an area of an industry that should be fed by the feds and the and the province. So that goes on. That goes on. I think so a lot so in the it's last sort year. Of voluntary downloading. Yeah, and if it's dubbed that, that could be inaccurate. Now there may be a slice or two in there that could be a, a municipal percentage. If you really wanted to look hard at what is our responsibility for that specific yeah, yeah. use, but in a lot of cases, and I'm guilty of it, so I'm not knocking it. But you know, 50k because the Y wanted to fix the shower at their women's facility on McNabb when I was third year in. I had to go to my council colleagues. I had to use a capital fund that was really for fixing a sidewalk or a road. And I had to change the rules to make it happen. And I also had to get a whole neighborhood mm -hmm. uh, to endorse it. I asked the neighborhood, are you okay if we use your road money to help fix this shower? But 8 million here. And then that bike lane thing I talked about earlier and countless other examples in the last year, you can't keep using that. Oh yeah, it's the province's responsibility, but we have a crisis and we have to, at some point, Scott, and I've been thinking about this a lot. At some point, these counselors have to get together and instead of saying, oh, we'll, we'll spend the money on it, but uh, well, let's add a part D of the motion that we send a letter to the province and say, you're dramatically underfunding us. I'm knowing you're getting a little off course, but at some point you got to tell the people that come hat in hand and you got to say, we're not the ones you got to get organized and fight. You need to go to Queens Park and rally and put your tents up 
and do your thing or go to Ottawa. Get together as a collective because those are the folks that are causing you the biggest pain and they get to hide. Okay, so let's, let, let's say, and, and again, I hear exactly what you're saying and I appreciate the explanation as does everyone listening, but let's say again, we're going to play along with this, that 6% okay, really we'll get is, back to that, yes. that 6% really is untouchable. Right. We can debate that later. Yeah, but, I, I won't debate so now it you, anymore. No, but now you've got 8.2% and where you were rough numbers that we're expecting. Sure. Somebody used the word this week, I was talking to a counselor when this came out and they said, this is even before the enhancements. Explain what he means by the enhancements. Talking to a lot of counselors this week. Eh? A lot of counsel, a lot of counselors this week. <laughs> so are those are council. Uh, 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 I don't want to say pet projects because some of them are really important, but council-driven projects, services that they're adding to the budget that staff has during the budget process. They can Usually? do it early. They can, okay. you know, I, I'm going to give notice. I've got a motion coming. I have an enhancement that the motion says I want to refer to the budget process. So when the budget process starts, put me on that enhancement list. Usually we spend a day, a day and a half going down that list. If it's hard times, I had to go through it a lot. A lot of counselors, including myself, you know, as much as we really wanted that 1.5 million, 500,000 or more for that project that they had, you know, we'd come up with as counselors or as a collective of counselors and based on maybe delegations or debates or what you heard in your neighborhood, that's what an enhancement is. So it's something driven politically added to the budget process, but not part of the staff. That means report. though that, and Brad Clark, I believe was the one who said it this week. You can go back and look at my column, whoever said it, I think it was him, but anyway, that, um, there's still going to be more spending added to this. 14.2% oh, is not sure. where this is going to stop. And here's the, here's for the sure. question I have. So last year on the budget, if I recall, and again, someone can clarify, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. It started out at about 6.7, 6.8%. Yeah, they whittled roughly. it down. And then got to the enhancements and did all this hard work to whittle it down and then got to the enhancements and brought it right back up to where they started. Mm -hmm. So the idea that we hear when a 14.2% comes out that, oh, you know, don't worry, it always starts way higher. And then by the end, that's just a scare everybody. And then they get it way down. It'll be seven. What is that? Right. If they follow what they did last year. Right. 14.2 might actually be 14.2. Right. It's going to require way sharper knives than they showed last year. Yeah. To go full circle on our conversation, if we're going on to the next thing, because you, like you said, there's so many things. I'm going to start talking as fast as I do when I'm on the Scott Thompson <laughs> show, just so we can get it all in. But you're starting at a 14.2. That is a budgeted percentage. It's a number associated to that's if we want to maintain all of the services you With currently enjoy. Right. Exactly. And that usually, you're right, is a number that hovers around five, six, seven percent every budget year. So that is screaming, I'm sure, all of this week, like you said earlier on a program or maybe in one of your columns. It's been radly week for me too. You're where I get all my local information. There's probably not one, I think you said it to uh, uh, Councillor Francis when you had him on, when that number was revealed Wednesday, there's not one individual in the city of Hamilton that would find 14.2% acceptable. And I totally agree. And I'm everyone I've talked to, it's the topic, that and the tiny shelters. Well, and that, which ties into it because that's ex True. expenses are Very coming, much. expenses are being directed to there. But yeah, I, I don't know who the person is, who's going to get a 14.2. I mean, if you're, I, I picked out a, a number, but if you have a. 6,000 or $600 or $700,000 house in the city. And if you own a house, yeah. that's probably where many people are. Mm -hmm. you, you, that's about a 6,000, five to $6,000 tax levy, which means 
14%. You're adding a thousand bucks yes. on top yeah. of that. And then that's just for this year. And it's not, and I always keep saying people go, oh, well, it's just a thousand. No, no, it's not. You're not resetting to a thousand. You're taking the existing, right. adding a thousand in perpetuity. That's right. Annualized. And then next year's will be bigger than that. And, the, right. and the bigger the number, the, the percentage, it's, it's, it's scary and it's un, untenable. It is. The, for the, a lot of people, it's, and the average house price is not six, 700, by the way, it's about 850 now. Well, I know. Closer, closer to a million. And do the we math, heard that same math that way. And we heard this week that we're getting a 20% water bill increase yeah. and food is and more expensive. And then 10% every year after that for 10 years. Yeah, it's, and food and it's, it, this is, it's a perfect storm. I talked to a, a friend of mine, um, not a counselor, but a, a current politician this week as well. And he said, it is the perfect storm. It is the worst time to be a municipal politician in Hamilton, okay. a local politician. One of the things though, one of the common things that I've read is from current counselors in some cases, this is the fault of you. I this know, is the I know, fault. I love no, that. No, but this is the fault of the previous council and yeah, councils because yeah. you didn't support and invest in what we needed to invest in. Stuff is now falling apart. Yeah. And therefore we have to spend. So are they right? I would love, no. Well, there may be a few examples, so I'm not going to be pretentious enough to say we were perfect. That for sure roads, but every old city has billion dollar road deficits. It's not just, it's not exclusive to Hamilton. So if Mayor Andrew Horvath, who loves to say that, is talking about road infrastructure, absolutely. I would agree. We didn't keep up. Neither did any other city. God, it would have been great to have a leader provincially who would have gave us multi, multi millions of dollars a day to cover the gaps, but we didn't, but no, it is not to answer your question. The reality is we had inflationary increases, roughly 2.2, in my 12 years. So I'll speak to my 12 years. We never once cut services. We only every budget session. So every year we enhanced services. So we were Fiscally, I think responsible, always among the lowest cities, if not the lowest in Ontario every year, especially my first term, but we always managed to, to, to enhance, not just maintain enhanced services. You can look that up. And so for every politician now locally saying, well, you know, and that's how I got involved. I didn't want to get involved in this hats thing, but the stupid ward, sorry, the stupid comment made on Facebook by the current ward counselor trolled me right in. It lured me right in because that was sort of the argument that this whole shed thing and our housing problem in Hamilton, which is a global problem, by the way, is Farr's fault. And I thought, okay, well. The week to have a former counselor in here for sure with all the stuff we've been talking about, the 14.2% proposed or predicted or anticipated tax increase that came out this week. And that conversation just started to lead us into, I don't even know how it got us there, but into the tiny homes, which also was a big topic this week because we had meetings canceled and then meetings rescheduled to not have people there. And we had accusations of threats and violence and angry people. And boy, this, uh, this, um, where does this go? Well, on the latter piece and welcome back to the program, everybody <laughs> uh, on the latter piece, I would say, if you're going to make those accusations, they sure came out strong staff did and, and the counselor and the mayor. After the meeting. So Cameron Crutch did a tweet. Uh, There's no place for this violence. Wasn't even at the meeting. Mayor, same thing. Wasn't even there. Uh, Every city 
general managers seem to have been there. Jason Thorne was there. I think the PWGM, Janet Smith was there. Clearly it was important if all those fat cats, big responsible bureaucrats were there. That was a very important meeting to have. But then Well, they suddenly, knew what was going to happen because of the meeting before where it had been loud and heated, but so they probably knew. But anyway, carry on. Yeah. Loud and heated though is, you know, that's a North End meeting, man. And that's politics. And you're doing something that clearly has angered a lot of people. And not everybody is... Uh, you know, we're uh, going by Robert's rules of order. Uh, th- these are hardworking people and they're not, never been in politics and involved in their lives. And now suddenly, you know, now it's a really serious issue. And, and hence all these important people at the meeting. Absolutely. Uh, there was obviously trepidation on their part that things could get out of hand. They had like 15 police officers hired private security and then they had their own City uh, security, I know I've heard since there was one fella never identified himself, but was working almost, um, you know, covertly, which was, I think, part of the problem. Anyway, you can't make those accusations. You can't talk about it, the violence and, and paint the entire neighborhood with the same brush. Every account I've heard, every buddy I've talked to and the groups that I'm working with now, because we're going to hold our own meeting, they're going to hold their own meeting. I'm helping them to do that. And everyone will be invited. We're there peacefully waiting, waiting patiently. There were doors were locked and people were standing outside in the pounding rain, over a hundred people. They locked the bathroom doors. They created an environment that would just make agitated agitated homeowners and residents, even more agitated. And then of course, a few people got rowdy. There was one uh, story about a, a shoving match, but it could very well be, if you want to talk about an alleged violent incident, it could be a city employee actually put their hands on a member of the public before the member of the public pushed back and said, don't you touch me. So if that's the case, if you're going to make those comments and then double down the next morning on, on good morning Hamilton, which I heard from, uh, Tom Cooper and Michelle, you better be able to back it up because there's already Scott and nobody really talks about this part. So many FOIs regarding this issue. So many, there's a couple of IC complaints, uh, integrity commissioner complaints. There's a few that I know of ombudsman complaints about the, this entire boondoggle and the way it was handled, that the, these residents were never advised that they rushed it through and they're, they're doubling down and saying they're going to do this to this, these folks on their park in their neighborhood without any consolation whatsoever, consul- consultation whatsoever. Of course, people are going to get angry and you create that environment and then you turn around and say, you know, we, we, we don't operate in that. And that was violent and, and make, try to try it. They failed at it to try to create an atmosphere of uh, intimidation and paint everybody with the same brush. Pretty, pretty sad. You got to know how, by the way, with all those experts, they get paid a lot of money. You got to know how to temper a crowd. When it, you feel it start getting out of control, you got highly paid city, city employees, police, their private security guy, the, the security people that they hired, they're trained. They know how to bring a crowd under control. And I'll tell you, locking doors and locking bathrooms, not a good start. You know, they never really ever started the meeting. They just frustrated the heck out of a lot of people. And when a few made a lot of noise and maybe there was a few, but you better, they better realize that among the uh, integrity commissioner reports and ombudsman reports and the other, uh, 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 there, I can't even tell you how many people have told me about, 
issuing their freedom of information request. They want to see all the communications since May to now between the counselors and the mayor and all the people involved in this, including hats. And they're going to get it. I mean, the law says, the provincial law says all of that. And now they're just adding to it when they make comments like they did and not be able to back it up. They have yet to back up. Well, what exactly are you talking about when you say there was violence? You're going to have to explain that. And they better... They better be able to explain that because I'm telling you, every time they seem to deal with this issue, it just it just makes the North Ender stronger. The, the movement against this just grows bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I don't understand how they don't, don't know that. Of all the neighborhoods, I mean, there's a lot of great neighborhoods in this town. You don't mess with the North Enders, man. I'm telling you. It's it, crazy. It, it does seem like it is getting more agitated rather than less agitated. Yes. I will, I will absolutely say that. I will absolutely say that it does oh. seem like it's, you know, and I, and I was at the first meeting, I couldn't get to the second, well, non-meeting because I was here on the air, but the first one, there's no question that there were some angry people there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I never thought that anybody, I never thought at that first meeting anyway, that anything was unsafe or that there was any yeah. threat of violence. I wasn't, again, I wasn't in the building for the second one. I can't, you no, know. No, neither was I, but I'm giving you, no, I but you only hear from, I'm giving you my 20, 30, you, 40 people. People were sending me videos and pictures and everything else. So, so here's what I've heard. One of the things I've heard is the meeting you were at, that was way worse. Everyone I've talked to is saying, okay, that first meeting, yeah, you know, it was rowdy, but meetings get rowdy. Grow people, up here, be a man, just deal are, with it. Stand in front of the room and say, people hey, are People are passionate when oh, it comes to their neighborhoods. For the next hour, Scott, and tell you about North End meetings I had where I walked in and they're throwing rotten tomatoes. I had idea once to take the roof off Eastwood Arena. 150 North Enders in the room. 149 at the end, I did a straw poll. How many people, I, so I'm, I'm preaching, this is going to be, this is going to save the rink. No one's using our rink. If you want to save the rink, let's go back to the old days, take the roof off. We'll have hockey tournaments, blah, 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 blah. At the end, I said, all right, let's do a straw poll. Put your hand up if you think, if you like my idea. One guy <laughs> in a room full. And I said, okay, that's my, that's how you do it. I, you go into the community first. You don't do the a, a controversial thing and then say, we're going to engage. That is just buffoonery. It does seem to be the backwards way. They should have been consulted. There's no question. And I don't, I, I, I can't say for sure that they would be less angry if they were consulted, but I believe that probably that would be the case, that, that it, at least being heard would have been somehow oh, yeah. Yeah. consoling. We're, uh, we're having a, well, there'll be a big meeting. It's probably going to be at Leona Station. So this, and everyone from the city is invited, including the politicians. I'll, I'll give you that on Monday. I'll tell you when and where. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Um, you were a counselor for uh, all through the COVID Zoom era. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know if you ever had a moment on zoom. Let me tell you what happened today. I was on a zoom meeting okay, and, uh, I was running late to get here to the show and the zoom meeting was dragging on a little bit and I had turned the camera off and the microphone off as I try to do always on these zoom meetings, mm -hmm. but, um, not to get too intensely personal or weird, but I had been running late and I hadn't had a shower yet. So I carry my laptop into the bathroom to get ready to go have a quick shower and then as I was getting ready to go into the shower and I walked in front of the computer, no. I all of a sudden, no, no, no. I had a panic. Oh crap. Is the camera on? Because if it was. Oh yeah. Nobody wants to see that. No. And there would have been hundreds of people watching me. Oh, it was a big meeting. It, the, the, the camera was off. Thank heavens. But for that one moment, right. yeah. my heart almost froze. It was yeah. like, oh, that, that, this is the end. 
Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever have, with all the hundreds of meetings you did, ever have one where something happened that you didn't want people to see? Whether um, that or anything else less. Well, I, 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 I'm trying to think if there was ever a, I, know I have Councilor my Mar- cat walking across a lot, those kinds of things. I know Councillor Marula's dog vomited behind him on the stairs. I think day. I was the one who sent you that clip actually, <laughs> just cause I thought it was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I did something once in camera that I can tell now when we were zooming all day and all night and we were in one of those long legal in camera meetings. And I'll preface this with, I never once stopped paying attention, but like you, you had stuff to do, but you're still catching the audio. You bring the laptop with you into the washroom. I turned my camera off, left the audio on, and I had previously taken a picture of myself with my iPad in the same shirt and tie with the same lighting and at the right distance to have the same uh, appearance uh, appearance as live. And then I propped the laptop up and turned my camera back on, on the laptop. And it was shooting my iPad of me in this picture. And I let, let it go until someone recognized that Far's not moving at all. He hasn't moved a bit, <laughs> but it was also like this. I was like, I'm leaning again, like uh, the thinker. Yeah. Thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't really look twice. It took 46 minutes and guess which counselor discovered and texted me and said, Jay, is that a, you or a picture of you? Guess which one? <laughs> uh, I'll go with, um, I'll go with Councillor Narinder Nan. No, oh God, no. It was Marula. Of <laughs> yeah, course, okay, Marula. Yeah. He's always, you know, he's looking at, is everybody looking good? Is everybody looking good? And I, we had a boy, did we have a lot of fun with that? But uh, I never, ever did it again because it, 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 you, you, at the time it was like a TikTok thing. It was very popular. People were pulling this stunt and I thought I can't do it live. And we were four deep into this seven hour in camera meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did, and I got away with it for 45 minutes and, and I thought, uh, uh, well, that's a good that's one a, off, yeah. a lot of fun. I, my lesson has been learned though. That is the, just because sure. of the possibility of Turn something going wrong. At least. It, you know, it didn't even dawn on me cause I'm just sort of la 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 getting on with my day. And sure. then it was like, oh man. And, and there's voyeurs, there's voyeurs that watch like they, I've the people that are looking at these zoom meetings that they, they don't want to voyeur that I assure you. Well, I know, but there are people looking for things. <laughs> I would say stuff and it would freak people out. And I stopped saying it. I'd say, I'd notice things in the background and I'd say, I see you got to, you know, these were own me- meetings that I would call during the height of the pandemic. And there'd be six people, people I'd never met before. Is that, what is that book behind you? Oh, and then you, and they're kind of going, well, you're looking at my personal things. And I'd stop doing that after all. I know that I, I wrote something about each of the counselors' backgrounds. Yeah, that's right. You did. That's um, right. I remember that. And uh, it was- And I had Frank Sinatra. You had pointed out my Frank Sinatra. And it was, um, who was it? One of the counselors, uh, Vanderbeek, had uh, had a bookshelf behind her. And I just, I always thought it was funny because I think one of the books was for Windows 98. (laughs) 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 What are you you running? Is uh, is that what the city gives you for your computer? We're still running on a Windows 98? Fergie always, Councilor Ferguson always had the bad lighting and the fuzzy, and my mother would always say, you got to tell your friend, Councilor Ferguson, to fix his camera. And I- Well, what was not known about that was Lloyd Ferguson, uh, during much of council, that term of council, was actually in that mine with the Peruvian miners. Yes, (laughs) that's right. Right. See, you got to, you got to multi, when you run, you got to remember, you got to multitask. There you go. Uh, Okay. Speaking of things with the city, back to some of the more important things this week, we got a weird, uh, well, yesterday, and I thought it was, boy, I thought it was a eye popping email 
when we learned the Toronto Rock were going to be playing their entire season at First Ontario mm-hmm. Centre, because their season goes until May, sometimes June, if they do really well. And construction is supposed to start on the renovations on First Ontario Centre early right. in the new year, we'd been told, as recently as last Friday, we were told that. Well, the OVG group, the group that HUPEG, so HUPEG is the local group, Hamilton Urban Precinct Entertainment Disc Group. They brought in OVG, Oakview Group, to help them. They're a developer. But they say it's going to carry on as normal. We can start the work and it doesn't matter. But Jason, there are, so you were involved in this. And I know there's some things you can't say about this because of in camera and all the rest. But this thing, I I just, I know Rick Zamperin this morning had a, uh, his Twitter poll um, for asking about this. Is, what is your faith or have you lost faith in the, in, in what's going on here. I don't know if. What was the, do you remember the. I just pulled it up. up. Uh, with the timeline for renovating first Ontario center pushed back yet again, have you lost faith in the Hamilton urban precinct entertainment groups plans for the downtown arena? 91.2% say yes. Wow. Now that's an unscientific poll. Yeah, I, understand. I understand, but it's, it's a good sample. It's probably 200 people is or that, so. Is it fair to lose faith or, yeah. you know, this is such a huge project that we went through COVID and stuff has happened and you know what, cut some slack, it's going to get done. Like, sh- should people be worried? Well. Are you worried? <laughs> you talked about eye popping. I, I, your guest was ear popping yesterday and you picked the perfect person because he sat on the board for IC, Infrastructure Ontario, and he uh, was... Um, a uh, member of HECFI. So Vito Scroll was on. It was a good guest to have. And I, by the way, and it was ear popping because I've never seen him so emphatic uh, or, or heard him be so emphatic and he's knowledgeable. One of the things he said was, um, you know, a lot of times on the big projects, there's timelines you got to meet. And if you don't meet the timelines, there's penalties. IC did that all the time, he said, and that's correct. I mean, we dealt with IC on a few. Well, the stadium things. had that's that right. issue. That's right. I, when he said that, and I'll tell you, I mean, I don't, wouldn't know whether it's, uh, uh, sensitive from my years in council or, or not, but I don't recall that ever being part of the framework of the approval, the timeline thing. I don't know why, and I don't think anybody ever really brought it up. Um, but to your, I'm a little more glass half full in that I know the players just as you do, just as Vito had mentioned as well. And not only that, the local contingent, I do have faith in, they are doers in this city. They've done enormous things in this city and they've connected themselves. This, this consortia are doers and they have the, the wherewithal. Uh, they also have to deal with the bureaucracy, right? Who are really distracted right now, that 14.2 among other things. But they also have to deal, uh, they also have to, had to deal with some realities, economic realities. And of course you mentioned COVID. That's a fair reason for delays and not just this, but many I things. I don't disagree with but, that. No, but bringing in, oh, the reason why I'm glass half full is bringing in OVG. And I move the motion to amend the deal. And when you amend a deal this size, that also creates a delay. I think I might've told you that a year and a half ago when I did it, it was, it was near the end there for me. And I did it because OVG is the global leader. They're the big player. And, and it meant taking a $50 million reno and turning it into a hundred million reno. And you can imagine when you 
take a $50 million rental and turn it into a $100 million rental for any project, that's probably going to create some delays as well. So it is getting to the point, and you are this and privatization, you are a dog with the bone, and you are really keeping track. And that, again, is you're providing a service to the community because you won't let it go, and you get people talking about it, and you keep it in the spotlight, Scott, and that actually really does help, especially on the bureaucratic side. Uh, look, I, it's... Thank you. But I mean, the, the, I think it was six months ago was the last time I asked. So it's not like we're doing it every week, but no, it was, but, but no one else is six months goes by yeah. and nothing happens yeah. and what's going on there. And the reason, and I hear about it all the time from people is, well, wait a second. And this came up, oh boy, this came up yesterday, man, did I get calls and emails and texts and yeah. whatever yesterday. Yeah. How come the rock can now play their full season and we've booted the bulldogs out yeah. and we've chased away the Hamilton honey one, badgers? One of your, one of your columns was, oh, that's just the thing that you feared the most. But that's what's it's happened come to reality. Here. And surely if this was always going to be the play or if we, you know, may, yeah, I don't think it was always going to be the play, but like, why were we so quick to get rid of Michael Andlauer? Mm. I mean, look, I, I think, I think one of the things that this city has really made a mistake on and it's going to, the chickens are, it's in retrospect and the chickens are going to come home to roost. Michael Andlauer, I don't know if anyone's been following this. He's. He, Today, tomorrow, the King Monday. of Ottawa, you call him now. Yeah, he, yes. He's about to buy the Ottawa senators. It's going to happen. It's going yeah. to be wrapped up in the it's next. It's approved few years. by the Board of Governors. Go look up stories in Ottawa about Michael Andler. He is the king the of Ottawa right now. Yeah. He, if you are a Hamilton bureaucrat, city councilor, anybody, yeah. and you need to get a meeting with a Ottawa politician, a federal politician. Michael Andlauer right now, I believe, could call any politician, including the prime minister in the country and get them on the phone. Right. That's how big a deal he is in Ottawa all of a sudden, because he owns their hockey team and he's very, he's coming across like we've seen him as a very f nice guy, a yeah. good guy, a he's down to earth guy. 100%. I think that the treatment that he got here, ah, boy, what a missed opportunity now, because I... I, Michael Andler will never say, I'm going to screw over Hamilton. I don't think he would do that, but I also don't know that he's going to go to the wall and use up his currency to m call in those favors mm -hmm. for a city that hasn't treated, honestly has not treated him very well. I think probably, uh, I think you and Don were talking about this a while back, but he, we probably used up that currency seven, eight years ago. He gave up on us. It was tough. I've had conversations with him, you know, and. I just keep thinking of J.P. Danko, and I think he's a very uh, competent politician for uh, Ward 8, uh, but boy, he just had a thing for uh, uh, Ann Lauer. And so during that brief period where uh, Michael Ann Lauer wanted to at least investigate the feasibility of putting the rink next to Lime Ridge Mall, uh, J.P. came out swinging, Councillor Danko came out swinging. I talked to Michael about a month after and said... Uh, Whatever we do, when you guys finally renovate a rink, if you ever do, you know, he would get his digs into me all the time. I mean, he, he, he would let loose and so did Stayhouse. Oh my well, God. He chased me down war. the street once. It was your war that this he was He chased in. me down, his president chased me down the street and really gave it to me. And I'm looking around like, is anybody seeing this? The counselor's getting lambasted. And I deserved it by the way, but I won't get into that story. I don't remember it in detail, but, but he said, uh, the first event at your new arena, I want to have a boxing match and I want to get in the ring with JP Danko. <laughs> and I went, oh God. So it resonated. JP really gave it to him. And I, I never, I mean, I'm not here to say, 
I was the perfect politician and I know how to fix things and all of those. I, and I wasn't. And, and you know, I'll, I remember I just think it was being on Scott Thompson's show this week. The first question he asked me when I got elected, he called me up and it was like three days in. Uh, do, you, do you ever think you'll be wrong? And I went, I, I didn't even drop a beat. I went, absolutely. And most would be, well, I'll work really hard to do the right thing for my. No, of course, we're human and we're going to screw up. But Michael was. Um, just a really great guy. And so I couldn't, uh, in committees over the years that he did appear, especially when he did appear, my mindset and my approach to dealing with him publicly was we owe a lot to you, especially the kids that he continues to feed. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. but I'd work with him in radio and every, I'd gotten into the golf tournament. You and I were actually in a tournament once. I don't know if you remember. Oh, where it, was, well. it was a Bulldogs tournament. Okay, can I, can we go totally off topic for a second? And uh, well, uh, sure. See, I'm in podcast mode right now. Yeah, no, no, we, we totally <laughs> off topic and we'll get back to it. Uh, yes, I played with Jason many, many years ago at a Bulldogs tournament and they had a competition. They had set up a hockey net in the middle of the fairway probably 250 yards away. And if you could hit your drive into the net, you won a prize. It wasn't 250. Trust me. Well, Jason, <laughs> never hit, Jason hit one of the most majestic slices. It was almost <laughs> into the woods and then caught friction yes. and spun back and landed right in the middle of the net. And I think you want a stick or something. Yeah, I don't even I, know what it was. Yeah, I played Hurricane Lee and blew it right back in yeah, the middle yeah. of the net. But anyway. Yeah. No, it was 180. The, I have heard <laughs> so many comments yeah. about how it is that if the rock can be here, what in the heck did we do? And how in the heck did we chase Michael Andlauer's team away? And is he ever going to come back? And this is a guy that you want to have as part of your city. And what the heck mm. are we doing here? And right. this arena is all, when people talk about being worried, that's part of it. This is all sure. part of the thing. And I, I don't even know if I, I honestly don't know if really He's wanted back here oh, or is this, or is this just a concert venue that they're going to build now? I don't know. I've, we've heard comments before from Hugh Pegg saying we'd like to have them back. I've, I don't think I've ever heard anything from OVG saying we're really interested in having it. I don't know. I, I would I, I bet OVG know. would have the confidence, Scott to, uh, have a fallback if not, right? I mean, I'm sure they've already had those discussions. If we don't get AHL Bulldog or OHL Bulldogs, we'll get an AHL. I'm sure no, you've had those discussions. No, you won't. I, well, they probably have had the discussions that they'll have something comparable to get the lights on in the same capacity, here's same the, time. Here's on. the thing. Why won't you get AHL? But here's the reason. And this is what I, I've heard this from a number of counselors before during these discussions. Well, you know, if Michael doesn't want his team here, then we'll get something else. Michael Andlauer owns OHL hockey rights for Hamilton, Burlington, Brantford area. So there's no OHL team coming here if his team is in Brantford and he doesn't want to have right. a team here. He is an owner of an NHL team. Right. He also, you, you're going to put an, first of all, every NHL team is trying to put their team as close to their yeah, own they can base now. Yeah, 60 as kilometers or less if they want. But even if they weren't. You think that some team is going to come here into his backyard of his team and he, and they're going to stick it to an NHL owner? No. Michael well, if there's no OHL team, then I'm saying AHL. I know. I know. And he is an NHL owner. That is another NHL franchise that will want to put their team here. They will go through him. Ah, yeah. They will ask him if he's okay with it. And if he's got a hockey team in Brantford and doesn't want the competition, because so Michael listen to him. He's controls, a big player now. He controls hockey in this market. A billion dollars should get you that kind of control. You are, so, so the idea that, oh, we'll just go get a team from somewhere. What are you going to get? The Southern Elite Men's Hockey? hockey program 
like an ECHL team, nobody's going to that. Well, what if it's not hockey? Pickleball's pretty well, big right now. I understand that's the we case. We could be the pickleball capital. <laughs> the pickleball capital. In, we could bring back arena football. and uh, Yeah, it, you know, it, it's true. Uh, he could have been treated better. Though, you even, I, I don't know if you were talking about, but but what did the Rock guy say in his press release? I mean, everything was revealed. That's not oh, looking he's, good. He's when, really, when this extension of the construction season is revealed by a, the Toronto rock owner. That's a problem. Like it should have been. It did a, seem backwards. Didn't yes, it? absolutely. And in that, uh, 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 piece, the Toronto rock owner, uh, what did he say? He mentioned something about, um, oh, now I've lost the thought. See, I'm, be, I'm back in podcast mode where you can forget what you were going to say and nobody cares. This is pro radio though. Anyway, he had mentioned something about, um, you know, um, feeling very confident with the management and, and, but he, I know what it was. He understood Scott that he can't be privy to all the inside information. He, 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 I'm glad he said that because that needs to kind of be appreciated. And neither could Michael Andlauer with all his money and all his fame and all his, his admiration. You can't, if, unless he was part of the consortia, he couldn't be privy to things. And that what, what made him the most upset over the last three years on this whole issue, not knowing things. Yeah. They're being kept out of the loop. Uh, here's what, uh, OVG, the group that's going to be doing the construction with Hupeg. Uh, here's what it said though. A uh, part of the quote, preliminary work starting early in the new year can begin while the team is still playing. Speaking about the right, Toronto right, rock, right. uh, for example, external elements like signage and paint club spaces that are not currently in use and an inactive concourse. That, that, that is a very, very, very minimal sparse. sparse. Yeah, I'm okay. You can start <laughs> painting the exterior, yeah. but that's not. You know, that, that this is not a, the, the construction for all intents and purposes is not really beginning. So yeah. it really is for all intents and purposes, another delay. Right. They will, yeah. the wording is we're going to get started. That's like saying, I'm going to renovate my house and, uh, you know, it's going to be six months away, but really the renovations are starting because I'm changing the toilet roll holder in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know I got to take it down to the studs in the subfloor, but as long as the toilet roll holder is being replaced, well, is, we can say work is starting. It's, it's. Is that Jasper still involved? Uh, I don't know. We, but I do want to say, speaking of hockey, uh, today, big anniversary today. Today is the anniversary of Gretzky to Lemieux in 1970, 1987 Canada Cup at Cops Coliseum. You were at that game, were you? I was not. Oh, I thought, well, uh, you were at some game. Well, I've been at a few games, but, uh, not that one. one. I was not at that one. Is that the anniversary? Wow. Today's the anniversary. So if you were there and many people listening probably were, there were 260,000 people who were there that day, according to (laughs) the people. (laughs) There were 17,000. You're going to need a bigger rental. Uh, we've been talking with Jason Farr, former Ward 2 counselor and radio host and a bunch of other things. And part of the reason we had Jason today, just so many things going on. Municipally, we've been talking about First Ontario Center and talking about tax increases and talking about meetings and public meetings and everything else. Jason, let, let's move away from city stuff for just a second because one of the really bizarre stories this week, we were talking about this last night or the night before, was in Peel Region, these librarians clearing out these books because they were predating 2008 and they have to have equity lenses. And so we got to get rid of all these old books. And it ties into something else we talked about this week which is an Angus Reid poll asking people about culture wars and censorship and self-censorship and what should be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed. This seems like it's one of those things and we're not going to get into all that stuff. We talked about all those things. Go back and listen to the podcast if you missed it. But this seems like one of those things that we are now in such a 
generational divide that, and if you look at the Angus Reed numbers, young, young, young people like Gen Z are very comfortable with you not being allowed to say something or that you shouldn't ever say something, or I shouldn't have to listen to something that I find offensive. And if I do, you should be censored. And older generations go, no, that's not it at all. This seems like an unpassable culture war. Well, it's, it's, uh, you know, the older generation we should respect that used to be the motto, right? And, and a lot of those older generation were liberal people, liberal minded and, and left minded and, uh, socially conscious people, uh, many of them, not all obviously. And they're more than anybody are scratching their head because the whole ideology then for them growing up, those old hippies, as an example, was peace and love and racial harmony. Everybody mattered. And now it's been, it's, it's dissected to such a point that it's, it's incomprehensible if to a lot of guys, my age and older, and maybe you as well, uh, that it's getting to a point where you're, you're fracturing it to such an extent that you're at a point where you're taking books, not dated greater than 2008 out of yeah. schools. What is the, see, there, what there's I'm, so many scenarios that are now coming off as insane. Your, your guest, John Best said it, uh, Tuesday or whatever, when you had the Bay Observer guy on, Jan, Yeah, John. yeah. So the trains left the station. Most people are starting to think you folks are just off your rocker, but I get you the demographic, the younger ones, it's clearly, no, it's clearly aging. And what I don't understand yeah. anymore, and, and I'm being absolutely serious about this. I don't understand anymore is, is banning books and banning ideas. Once upon a time, you might've said, well, that's a conservative view. That's right. a, that's an extreme conservative that's, view. That's, now it seems like an, I don't know, is it an extreme conservative view or an extreme liberal view? It's extreme liberal. It's extreme left. It seems to be, it seems yeah. like the circle has gone right around so we're, that West is now East and left is now right. Yeah. We're I, living in the upside down. It is. If you watch stranger things, I mean, it's the upside down world. And liberal, small L, not, t- not liberal party, small L liberal right. used to be about liberalism, about freedom, about do your thing. And it seems that that idea has now, my ability to do my thing means I must prevent someone else from doing their thing. Again, it's it's just a, it's a weird way that this has morphed into something that is, again, now very, seemingly very acceptable if you are Gen Z. Now you may be listening as a Gen Z and say, no, I don't support this at all. That's fine. In fact, I would say that's good. Yeah. But many of your contemporaries believe that, you know, someone who has views that they don't agree with shouldn't be allowed on a university campus mm-hmm. or books that have ideas that you don't think are safe should not be allowed to be in a library. That, that to right. me is terrifying. Yeah. No, no yelling at a community meeting. God forbid. I know you're angry. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm so lucky. I, you know, I, my son and I have not tried to shape, I, w- both Lisa and I want our boy to discover things and grow into the kind of person and have the values that he, 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 uh, has appropriated on his own through his own life experiences for the most part, obviously a good parents give good guidance and all of that, but I don't sit and preach. Right. I mean, a lot of things that I say on the podcast and, and, and here on your show. And what's even, the podcast called by uh, the way? Jay- <laughs> 
you caught that, eh? Yeah, yeah. I want to get the plug in at seven forty. It only took me four times. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> you noticed four times. Hammer down with Jay and Mike. There you it go. Resume season two mid October. It's also on cable fourteen. I won't say the time because they replay it all the time. Yeah. So it doesn't. There are many occasions where it doesn't turn it uh, on. You'll find conflict it. with yeah. the Scott Radley show. <laughs> You'll find anyway. He he's not. He's one of those Gen Zs. He's one that uh, ha- has. Um, he doesn't buy it all. It's, 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 I think, more confusing for him. And that's why he's at the point he's at. And maybe that's what they're doing. They're losing so much support because they've complicated to such an extent that, you know, a regular Joe like my boy doesn't want anything to do with that. And it's tough because a lot of the, it seems like the education system, it's insane. And that's, you know, where they're spending a lot of their time. There's a lot of teachers that are taking books out of schools. Like, what are you doing? The Angus Reed poll, and one of the very interesting words, we talked about this, one of the interesting words when people were asked to describe the culture wars. Right. One of the, the second most popular word, and I would be absolutely agreeing with this, was exhausting. It's exhausting trying to keep up with what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say, who are you allowed to offend, who shouldn't you offend, what is offensive, what isn't offensive. It's exhausting. It's ridiculous. And they're eating their own when they do all this. So they keep isolating, they keep fractioning their own cause. You, you do get to a point where everybody will at some point offend somebody. Of course. You've offended me three times in the last hour. Just, just three times. (laughs) I, I, I have never been able to find in any kind of Canadian charter or anything else, a promise or a guarantee that you will be able or should be able to go through your life without ever being offended. I, I, that's so beautiful. That's so well. And in fact, I argue that being offended is a great thing. And I'll tell you why. You can think you have a position on something. Mm -hmm. You can think, oh, I agree with whatever. Until someone challenges that view and probably offends you, that makes you then have a debate and try and figure out and put words together and thoughts about why do I think that? Is it just because mom and dad thought that? Or is it because my teacher told me that? If you're now challenged and someone says something that you find really offensive and you can't explain or even come up with the thought even if it's not Counter. words out loud, if you can't even think, well, why am I offended by that? Then maybe you're just being offended for the sake of being offended as opposed to because it really is offensive. Which is no way to live. Just a couple of minutes left here, Jason. And uh, want to know what you would have done under this circumstance. Maybe this has happened to you. Maybe this has happened to you. A woman in Northern Ontario says she has no idea why a box was delivered to her home containing more than a thousand Trojan condoms. <laughs> a, cr- a crate showed up, a giant crate with a thousand condoms and she swears, I didn't order them and my husband didn't order them. <laughs> well, 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 wait a minute. What was her name and what alias does she go by? <laughs> yeah, no, it does not seem, it, it's oh, in, it's wow. in Chapleau, wherever Chapleau, not Chapeau. That's a lot of um, Chapleau, condoms. That's, that's uh, well. You know, for some people. Does she have a teenage son? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's right. Maybe he put it under mom's name. Yeah, yeah. Mom's credit card. <laughs> and Bucky, the teenage son, uh-huh. was like, did a, did a box show up? I ordered textbooks, mom. <laughs> it, they took all the books away from my school that's and right. so I've ordered them all. But mom, uh, mom, there's a box showing up and it's got your Christmas gift. Don't open the box, mom. 
It's coming from Amazon. It's your Christmas Don't open the box. It's, it's your Christmas gift. It's from oh. Trojan Purses. Oh, my. Oh, my. That would be Ben's choice for the story of the day if he were here. That might be. I uh, I just. Oh, I'm, my. That's I'm good. just trying to think if. That's my uh, choice for story of the day, guys. Yeah, that that's might be. That's a lot. I that, can't think of why that would that's, happen to someone. Well, the only other thing could be. I, it, it's interesting. It doesn't say whether her name was on the packaging. You, you, okay. you may, maybe the neighbor comes over tomorrow and goes, um, was did there any package? <laughs> <laughs> the neighbor with the weird parties on weekends. Yeah, right. That's right. Who's got a giant fishbowl out front of his house. Yeah. The upside down pineapple at the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Uh, you didn't open it, did you? <laughs> no. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That is, uh, that is the, what you do not probably want to have happen in your neighbor. I, yeah. You don't like getting anybody's mail anyway, but that. But see, here's the other part of this that I don't get. If, if ever a box of a thousand condoms or any other, you know, a box of a thousand sex toys, a giant skid, they roll yeah. up a truck and lower a skid onto my driveway. I might call the company and say, why do I have this? I'm not sure I'm going to the news to right. tell them because the, you and I and everyone listening are like, right, mm -hmm. she didn't order it. Mm -hmm. I'm uh -huh. not sure I'm making, drawing more attention to this than has to be drawn. I'll bet she went to social media and then it got to the news. You know, look what I got today. Well. And uh, she got a lot of hits, became viral, and then it became a story. Uh, you know what? Possible. It's, uh, they are, she did though, the boxes are the ultra thin value pack. So <laughs> there's that. Oh, <laughs> the clues just keep on coming. It is, it is, it was, you got to look at the swingers next door. I think they're the key. I'll tell you what. the key to the, the we, answers. We do have to, uh, we do have to go here, but I'll tell you a funny story and I won't say who, because I don't want this person to get more letters, but more. there was, there was a reporter at the spectator who wrote a story one time because there was a swingers club in the city. Right. Maybe that still is, oh, but, sure. but this person went, but there was many. an organized on, like you could find a Facebook page or something. Okay. Anyway, yeah. this reporter, female reporter went to do a story about the local swingers club. Well, some people clearly misunderstand that because you're covering this story does not mean you are the chapter president. Uh, you're right. She would get letters and emails constantly from people saying, how do I get in? Where am I going? Are you going to be there? And oh, she, wow. she may still be getting these years later. Oh, wow. Who was it? I'm not saying. <laughs> no, because this person, I, I felt badly because it was like, she's yeah. like, please stop sending me the swinger stuff. I'm, yeah. that's not my gig. Imagine but, if you were, if you were people affiliated you to every story you ever wrote. What uh, a life, what a life. You'd be like that big fish movie, remember? Before we go, Jason Farr has been here all night and uh, you have this community meeting that you wanted to make mention of quickly. Yeah. A meeting uh, tomorrow about a very big meeting in the coming days that we'll announce on Monday after we work out the deal. So I'm helping out with the North Enders. About 30 of us are meeting tomorrow in the North End and uh Somewhere in the next week or two, Scott, and I'll let you know, uh, the North Enders themselves are going to hold a community meeting on the hats issue on Strawn. I don't need to get into detail of what that's about. Everybody seems to know. And did I mention Jay and Mike's Hammerdown podcast is resuming in mid-October? There you go. Cable, on cable 14, 14. 24 hours a and day. And anywhere you get your fine podcasts like this one. There you go. Uh, okay. Thanks for coming in today. Very I busy week. Appreciate you coming you. in. I very much enjoy it every time. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it.
Thanks for listening.